Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we hear stories from everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Hey, everybody. So today we have the first in the series of podcasts that I recorded while I was out at sea. And this first one takes place at about week two and primarily discusses the weather leading up to and during uh, subtropical storm Wanda, where the eye passed right over and it was one scary, uh, crazy night. So you will have to excuse. I'm obviously pretty tired in this one and trying to name off wind directions and <laughs> all sorts of stuff, northwest, east and south. And obviously some of it is uh, backwards, but, uh, you know, just the way it is out there sometimes. So uh, before we begin, just wanted to let you know that we do have a new way to support the podcast. I have finally set up a Patreon account, so you can just go right over there, search Sailing Into Oblivion, and uh, you can become a member and support this podcast and keep it going, which is what I've always wanted because it's uh, I, I definitely have received a lot of emails about the podcast, and so I'm going to keep forging forward with more interviews and more stories from out at sea. So uh, you can just go there. And what I'm thinking is uh, to be able to do once a month sort of a, a, a Q&A, answer all your questions and queries. So for the patrons, um, you guys can basically just message me on uh, on the Patreon page and we can. Uh, I will answer anything and everything and take suggestions for future episodes and so you can hear about what you want to hear about. And, uh, so feel free to go ahead and do that. Obviously you can also support the podcast by picking up a copy of Sailing Into Oblivion. And, uh, other than that, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. Check one, check two, and we are live. Okay. Welcome aboard Mighty Sparrow. Finished up day 15 here at noon. Let me make sure this is adjusted. There we go. Out here, uh, out at sea. Um, yeah, day... We passed day 15. Woo! There we go. Yeah, boat's moving around a little, so... Gotta get everything situated. You might be able to hear stuff going on uh, outside, because... We're actually sailing, and uh, this is the podcast brought to you from the ocean, blue. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, um, figured I would do a little update, a little first uh, first update. I would have liked to have done this uh, after the first week or maybe the first 10 days, but I had an encounter with, um, I don't know, I think it was just tropical depression, um, Wanda, which we'll get into here in a little bit, but... Um, yeah, got uh, got pretty crazy, and uh, this was actually the first day completely out of the clutches of said storm, uh, which was really nice and relaxing for the first time in a long time. So I guess uh, kick things off. We are here. It's midday, or just a, a lovely afternoon right now, and uh, we're approximately... 
30, 30 degrees north and about 42 or 41 degrees west. So right smack dab in the middle, um, pretty much in between Charleston and um, Gibraltar, so to speak. Just about. So um, we are currently running with the wind. We've got a double reefed main, which I'm going to switch out to a single reefed main after after this podcast, and a pulled out staysail. Nice, balanced, crisp, clean looking. Uh, we're rolling a little bit, but not drastically. I've found that if you have too much main up, you tend to roll a bit, or if you have too little up, you roll a little bit, but you balance it just right. This old full keel here, she likes to stay right and even, which is kind of nice. Um, Mongo's doing his thing up there. He has killed it, the old Aries wind vane, just rocking, rocking things so far. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, I probably should have tallied up some numbers just just for some stats in the beginning. I'll do that for the next one, but, uh, you know, probably gone about uh, close to 2,000 miles at this point or so, uh, maybe 1,500. I'm not sure. There's been a few nights uh, hove to, one night becalmed, uh, so... Those tend to drastically chip your numbers away, but my noon-to-noon position today put me at 171 miles in 24 hours, which, for Almighty Sparrow, that's 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 uh, that's running the 40 in uh, 4.3, guys. That's that's a big deal for this boat. Anything over 150, I'm smiling. I'm smiling hard. Anything under 150, but 100 over 120, I'm still smiling. But anything over 170, even if it's only one mile, ha, I'm laughing. I am laughing. So she did really well, and um, yeah, like I said, we were we were coming out of uh, of Wanda, so it was uh, pretty windy. Pretty windy for a long time, but um, yeah, I guess recap from the beginning. We really got to we got to go all the way back uh, to Rockland, Maine. Here, today's the second, or I believe of November, and we took off on November the 18th. We were supposed to leave on the 17th, a Sunday, and the boat was launched, no big problems. And um, one of the things that did happen though was some banking transfers and things like that had to be. Had to be finished. Um, I basically was selling off all this crypto as fast as I could, but there's limits on how much you can do each day and then transferring it, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, to, to pay the last bills, basically, uh, I had to wait until Monday to drop one more transfer and uh, basically zero out my my bank. I did end up with a little crypto left. Got a little V-chain for all you V-chain fans out there. Uh couldn't sell it fast enough, and it kept going up in price uh, right at the end there. So uh, that's sitting with my older brother, and hopefully he doesn't uh, cash it in and go to Vegas. <laughs> Who knows? I don't. I don't think he can even do it. So uh, should be all right. But so October eighteenth, the Monday comes around. Everything is looking good. I take one last dash to the old grocery store get a couple extra little things here and there mostly just more alcohol which in hindsight now is pretty stupid um and i'll we'll we'll get to that but um yeah essentially 
essentially uh, took off uh, right about noon or 10.30. So I passed the Rockland Lighthouse, or not the Rockland Lighthouse, the Owl's Head Lighthouse right around noon. And that technically is the uh, the finish line. So start line, finish line, whatever. But took off out of there. Super light wind. It was lovely. Got to put up one of my new sails, my new used sails that I got from Bacon Sails, a big drifter, which actually I think is smaller than my other drifter. But it's lighter material, which works e exactly it's it's perfect i i just needed a super light wind it's almost like spinnaker it's like heavy duty spinnaker material really ugly orange and white striped um and i have i i did not get to try the spinnaker that i bought that one's uh red and white striped like uh waldo but uh i have a feeling over the next few days i'll probably get to try it out so we shall see but uh yeah essentially took off from there light winds and then the winds kicked right on and uh, we blasted for a day and then we ended up i think two days of good wind all coming from the west northwest so we were basically just running and the, the idea here is to get i was beelining it for the azores you know just try and get out as close to the azores as i can before i start heading south and hook into the northeast trade winds all the way to the equator. First time I did this uh, on the sailing into oblivion trip, I ended up turning early because of Hurricane Ophelia to duck behind it and ended up meeting the northeast trades where they were pretty much easterly trades and I still needed to get east. So it turned into just beating and beating and beating until... I was literally ground to a pulp, <laughs> but, uh, so I don't want to do that again. I want to hook into those Northeast trades and be able to, at the very least, reach directly down to the equator, uh, comfortably rather than beating into it. Cause those trades, uh, they're pretty strong, they're pretty stiff. Um, as I recall, you know, you're dealing with not huge waves by any means, but, um, you know, six footers. When it's really blowing up to 10 feet and, um, yeah, strong breeze. So you really want to be able to be in a real comfortable, cause then you get down there a lot faster too. I mean it, you know, it, plus you got the great circle route. There's a whole lot of examples of why I think I'm doing the right thing here. <laughs> I can just keep firing them off. Lovely weather, uh, all sorts of stuff, but ended up, um, <clears throat> beelining it for the Azores, and then we had a system come through, nothing bad, but it was, I was in the Gulf Stream, and this was day like four or five, maybe six, and a nasty little little snafu up there, and holy cow, the squalls were insane and i was trying to ride the gulf stream as best as possible the flow was great i never really hooked in all that well um, i'm sort of blind to the to the stream and um, i was getting fed information from my brother and from scott uh, but it was i don't know I, for some reason it wasn't really lining up as far as um, me getting into it. i kept wandering out of it or something i i'm not too sure I, i'm sure the fault was all on my end but um 
Anyway, trying to get that boost. This little system comes through, and it was only going to blow for like a day or two maybe, and the squalls that came out of this thing were some of the worst I've ever seen. And, I mean, we're, we're talking just complete white carpet over the entire surface of the sea, waves, all that, just... just I, I never measured the wind because uh, I do have an anemometer on board this time, uh, like a little handheld one, but easily, easily in the upper 40s for 10, 15 minutes or whatever. And uh, they just kept coming every hour, just boom. And even though getting some sort of humming. Hmm. Hold on one second. All right, back in action. Here we go. Yeah, I don't know. Computer's making some computer's making some noises. So, any any event um Ah, now where was I? So, yeah, big squalls all happening in the middle of the night. Still had the moon out, which was nice, but I mean, it was just intense. And I remember thinking to myself, uh, this has got to be an effect of the Gulf Stream, so much hot water, hot air, energy and all that. So, I was sort of thinking like, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm going to duck out of the stream, get out of here. But I was in a really good spot for the stream at that point and uh, only like 400 miles left of it going to the east before it all just breaks up and turns into a big octopus. And uh, so I decided to stay up there. But that was about the time that I was sort of noticing way off in the long distance, you know, nine days out report some pretty intense winds and basically it was just going to be northwesterlies coming at me and which initially is great but towards the end of it it looked like uh might be forming some ugliness the pattern was just getting so big and this is the time of year for big big systems to uh to come off normally if it's going to turn into a named storm it's it's going to originate down in the gulf or uh you know, down the Caribbean and then work its way up. But this one just came off a of Hatteras, uh, but it was stretching. I was in 20 to 30 knots of southwesterlies when Maine was getting hit by 50 knots of northeasterlies. They, they were on one side of it. I was on the, this thing was absolutely massive. And as soon as I could, I sort of ducked out of that stream. I was like, yep, um, it's time to get a little bit further south and started working my way down. But the forecast kept changing. You know, I would download it for seven days out. Normally, I don't trust anything after uh, three days on a forecast, but at least you can get a glimpse at, at massive systems or things like that developing. So keeping an eye on it. And some days when I downloaded it, it looked like, holy cow, okay, this is going to be a rocket ship ride. It's going to be blowing 2530, but that's it. And I'm just going to be all just freight train to the east, which is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, meanwhile, the winds where I was were still, they were, they were going more westerly and then coming from the southwest and just – blowing hard i mean after the squalls came in right in the beginning it never stopped it was either blowing from the northwest or the west 
and then finally from the southwest for I think a total of eight days, maybe nine days, all in that same same system. So cruising, have a couple of good days, some days with a lot of squalls. Uh, ended up uh, ended up finally the winds dropping off and being becalmed midway through for one night. And uh, that was like some little front that sort of came through. Um, or a ridge. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that up on the old, uh, technical, technical terms, but in any event, becalmed and then the forecast changed and I got the word from my bro and from Scott and they were basically all saying, you know, uh, get ready. Cause this thing is actually going to get pretty ugly and, I don't see any way possible for you to get out of the way of it. Because I was pretty much right in the middle of it anyway. So when I left, I had the old light wind mainsail on on the boat. And it's a tough sail. It's old, though. I've restitched it myself uh, once. Uh, I had to do some repairs to it, all that sort of stuff. And then I have the bulletproof, don't mess with me, my brother Sven, He'll get you made this sale uh, with the guys from Doyle. And uh, it's a staysail and it's a mainsail. And they're made out of, I think, eight-ounce eight material. He'd have to tell you what they're exactly made out of, but they are absolute beasts. Uh, I've already put like 50,000 miles on them, and they're still super crazy strong and stiff. So have that one all wrapped up because my game plan was to save that for when I get down towards the Southern Ocean, put it on then, get around Cape Horn, get back up into the trades, and then switch to the old one. The old one's a lot easier to deal with. It only has two reef points in it, but the second reef is like super deep. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I've weathered some some pretty bad stuff. I mean, the, the first time with, with all those squalls, I had that, that mainsail on there, so uh it can handle it for sure but it's it's just not you know there's there should be a third reef point in that like the it just it's not as good and it's old i just don't trust it that's all it is (laughs) but i am about to i think tomorrow uh i'll probably put it back on uh as much work as it is to switch these sails um it's definitely worth it because reefing this old one is so easy there's no battens in it it's like two seconds. You can roll it up real tight. It looks nice. This big beefy one. Uh, it always looks like I'm I'm the sloppiest sailor when I have the second or third reef in because there's just material just drooping down. But it's because you can't. It's it's too thick. You can't roll it. It's like canvas. So, which is what I want. But uh, at any event, um, calm day motor i think yeah i want to say i was running the motor trying to get a little bit south um to get into a bit oh no to get out of some eddy that i was in in the gulf stream and i wasn't i was making like zero progress uh getting out of it but in any event i was giving my batteries a good charge all that sort of stuff and um and switched out the mainsails took a couple hours Got the other one all juiced up, put it on there because the other one's got battens and they have to be installed and all sorts of stuff and had to inspect it all. And 
and I had actually just finished going through and inspecting the other sail. But I got that up on deck, switched that, and then uh, the wind starts to come up a little bit. And it's all coming from the southwest. And afternoon comes. It's building. It's building. It's just building, like, real steady. This is this is probably eight days ago or something. <laughs> and, uh, and then sunset comes, and then all of a sudden the AIS stops working oh my gosh okay so i got this thing coming in it's starting it's gonna blow really hard and now i have no ass and there's been a lot of traffic out here surprising for the amount that i'm hearing about uh container ships and stuff being stuck out anchored off of ports and stuff man they're freaking moving around out here like crazy Luckily, though, uh, once Wanda came, uh, it all cleared out. So I guess they were all trying to avoid going into that. <clears throat> but in any event, uh, yeah, so AIS blinks out. And I go through and I find it's the fuse. Can't find any other fuses, so I take the fuse out of the radio. Uh, I don't really use the VHF radio anyway. Um, the only time I actually ever turn that on is if if there's going to be a really close call with uh, a freighter or something like that and i'm seeing that on the ais out of courtesy i will turn the vhf on in case they want to assure me that they're not going to run me down uh nine times out of uh 9.1 <laughs> uh i end up uh, nobody ever calls so and they i've never i've always had the worst luck trying to get a hold of these other ships so don't even try anymore but Always got to have it. It's an emergency thing. You got to have that communication device. And I do have a handheld on here. So in any event, get the fuse going. And uh, for whatever reason, then the next alarm goes off that uh, I've got no GPS, uh, no GPS coordinates coming into it. So you got to picture me here. It's dark out. The winds are already starting to build. I'm pretty nervous about what's coming up here. Uh, I've been working all day, switching all this sort of stuff up and, um, basically, yeah, now more things are going wrong and I'm just thinking to myself, uh, and I go up and on a previous trip a while back, I had crushed the little antenna cord that goes from the AIS to the GPS aerial, which is right off the stern of the boat. And uh, I crushed it in the uh, in the hatch, and so I had to do manual connection, little butt connectors, and all that sort of stuff. And I did that, and I guess I didn't uh, waterproof it anywhere near well enough. Probably haven't done that this time either, because um, <laughs> I, I definitely thought I did. Uh, I go up and I open that up, and just hoping that that's the problem. Because if that's the problem, I can fix it. Um, and yeah, just all of the connections are all just rusted out and, and, uh, just basically comes apart in my hand. The problem is it's one of those cords that has eight super tiny, teeny weeny multicolored wires. So everything is really delicate. <clears throat> so the boat's already moving pretty fast. The wind's up, boat's healing over. It's already starting to splash and it's supposed to get way worse before it gets any better. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, I need the AIS because I don't want any blind 
you know, I don't want to have to be up here as much as I would be if I was, you know, sailing without AIS. So uh, out comes the toolkit, all the butt connectors, all the crimpers, all the tape. Long story short, it takes me about 45 minutes to cut all the tape off of this thing, reconnect everything up, do it in a little bit better way so I can put some shrink wrap around it. I thought that I'd be able to, you know, sit up there with my little blowtorch and shrink wrap. It was too windy. Just wasn't happening. So at least it's in sort of a tube. Taped it all up and down, you know, got everything moved, put it into a better position. Um, so we'll have to just sort of see. Ooh, do I have more rain coming? Hold on one sec. Oh, nope. Nope, no rain. Just kind of looked like it. I actually, uh, today's afternoon nap, I slept through a small squall. I caught two gallons of water, um, but somehow slept all the way through it. Hatch open. <laughs> I think I was pretty exhausted. Uh, in any event, get it all connected up. AIS works again. <sighs> Big relief. Now all I got to do is worry about the weather coming in. And for the following... Four days, it just is blowing. High 20s nonstop from the southwest and the west. And I'm trying to get, ideally, I wanted to go south to get as far underneath this system as I could. I knew I couldn't, but I wanted to get, at least get to the edge. Mighty Sparrow doesn't really beat to the wind all that well. It's super uncomfortable, so we settled for pretty much reaching towards the southwest. Only problem is, every time I did a forecast update, which was almost once a day or every other day, uh, the system was just following me. It was going further and further south, and I'm watching... The last few days, I'm watching the pressure drop because eventually an eye formed in this thing. And uh, I believe it was two days ago when the eye was directly over Sparrow when they named it uh, Wanda. In any event, the, the winds just kept building and building, seas building. But it wasn't like too crazy. It, we were still pretty much heading east and... It was wet and it was super uncomfortable because it was day after day after day, hard to cook stuff. I was still making eggs, but there were like broken eggs in the fridge. It was too rough to do anything about it. And man, cleaning those out today, I literally, I came close to vomiting. Definitely. There must've been a dozen eggs that were broken down there for the past, I don't know, up to five days. And so they made this really, not a rotten egg smell. But like just a day before that happens, and I had to scoop all this slimy egg stuff, and the, the smell just permeated this place. Plus, there was a box of Franzia wine that... Uh, mm, anyway, getting sidetracked. So, <laughs> uh, so the winds are building and building. It's getting more hectic, but a sparrow can handle it. Some days are a little better than others. Some nights are a little better than others. Um, you know, at least it's warm out. It's not freezing cold. We're handling it. We're moving. Eh, you know, that's what I kept saying. My mantra was like, at least we're still going east. We're still going east. But then, then it started to look ugly. Really ugly on the forecast. I mean, we're talking winds, winds up into the uh, high 30s, gusts up into the 40s, and that 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 sucks. I really don't don't like that stuff at all. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, ended up, um, it would have been two nights ago where I'm looking at this, the eye of the storm was like 50 miles to the northeast of me. And I'm headed to the southeast and had been for days. And finally, I'm just like, this thing is going to come right over the top of me. And there's nothing I can do about it anymore. And it was right at the end of the day. And I was like, I'm just going to go hove to triple reef main, smallest storm jib I have. And I'm just going to hold my position because this thing's going to just run over me and then at least get away from me. And as, as the night came in, it starts blowing real hard and Sparrow does pretty good. I wouldn't even, you know, Hove 2 is almost not even the right term. It's almost a, a mix between Hove 2 and fore reaching because I can't get this boat to actually stop. Uh, it's always moving at about a knot. And, you know, we're, we're plugging away and we're dropping, dropping off of waves. And I think I did a little damage to the walkway that leads up and down the um, bowsprit actually, because I think just plunging into those waves so hard, like smacking them, uh, it, it, I'm going to have to put some some sort of adhesive or something around where it connects up, <clears throat> make sure I don't get any rot in that sucker. But um, in any event, uh, yeah, winds just build and build and build. Hove to, so I'm just pinned down, and I pointed the boat to the east. So I was pretty much kind of going into the southeast winds so to speak and um, just hunkered down and sometime around 10 11 o'clock at night the winds just amped up and it went from and i didn't even i think when i had the anemometer out there earlier it was sustained holding it above 30 and and then zipping up and down um and i didn't i didn't take the anemometer up there after i had to lash the dodger down it was so scary i mean just the velocity and the power of that wind was insane and uh it pinned us down for a good two hours um where i was essentially sitting down below um I think I drank a Jack and Coke eventually to calm my nerves and I was fully geared up, ready to just go out there and deal with whatever broke first. And, um, essentially nothing broke. And then after, after two hours, and I think I had been so stressed out that whole day, eventually I was just, I, I just, I stripped down and got in my bunk. I was like, well, you know what? Something's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, uh, I'll just uh, I'll get up and deal with it, but there's no sense in me sitting down here grinding my teeth and worrying and uh, and all that stuff. So, I think in the initial in the initial wins and everything, it's it's good to be ready just in case something does sort of happen initially. But uh, you know, if if after an hour goes by and everything seems to be holding, I mean, we were we were pinned over probably at about 30 something degrees, which down below on a dark night with the winds felt like I was on my side. Um, and yeah, essentially, um, fell asleep, woke up to the boat pitching into the seas, got up and there was 
there was some wind, but not much at all. And there were stars out, but only a little area kind of uh, around us. And, um, and then shortly within about an hour of that, the winds flopped uh, to the other direction and cranked super hard. <laughs> and, um, and then basically it just, I don't think it pinned us down quite as hard as the first first one but um i i was able to then start moving and getting away because i think the winds were coming out of the north the north west no northeast so they were southeast southwest first northeast because they're opposite in any event and um yeah throughout the rest of the night i'm sort of slowly creeping away wake up in the morning and the seas have built up Pretty big. There were definitely some 20-footers, breakers out there. Not the average, though. I'd say the average was probably only 12 foot, something like that, which is, I don't know. It's pretty big. They always look way bigger when you're on the boat um, or in a camera or something like that. Or No, they always look bigger when you're on a boat. They look smaller in a camera. But in any event, blowing real hard, um, and that was yesterday all day yesterday and um no 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 all day the day before yesterday sorry and then was able to sort of get a little bit to the southeast so i was going sort of in the wrong direction southwest sorry god there's so many directions sorry about this so i'm trying to get away from it so storm comes over it comes from the northeast passes over me directly and then the winds change to come out of the northeast. And so I start working my way away. So now the storm and I are going in opposite directions until the storm decided to just stop there and uh, hold its position. So for another 24 hours, it was blowing in the 30s. Big seas had already built up. Got a little sketchy there. Few few big surfs. So hit 17.5 um, knots on one, which was awesome. Uh, the trouble was, as as I was getting away, and now now Wanda just sort of is hanging there. All of a sudden, now I'm I'm getting uh, northerly winds, and then I'm starting to get south easterly winds again, and so it's essentially trying to suck me back into the vortex, and I couldn't beat my way out of it because the the sea state was so confused and messed up and i'm like ah and so i ended up going hove two for a while again um but there were some times where the wind was just blowing so hard and the waves were getting so sketchy that i was i i was like screw this i'm running with it i'm just gonna run we'll just 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 for a little bit just to see what happens and that's when you can surf because sparrow i mean if i had my way pretty much any storm uh, I've ever been in thus far. If, uh, if it gets really hectic, I just, I'll just run, just run with it. And, uh, she surfs like a beast. So, um, that was all day yesterday. And then, and then, um, by about two, three in the afternoon, pressure starts rising. Winds start dropping a little bit off, but not completely, which is always great. And, uh, waves slowly start easing. And I could see from the forecast and people were telling me, uh, Wanda's headed a little bit to the North. And, um, so boom, straight downwind running 
flying downwind. Um, eventually put the staysail up as well, just to get me a little more boost. I figured if I'm going to head to the southeast, I might as well go as fast as I possibly can in case Wanda meanders uh, back down towards me. And uh, yeah, we flew. And then last night was the first night that I was able to, as things just kept sort of calming down and calming down, be outside and uh, enjoy the stars, enjoy a cocktail. Although I enjoyed plenty of cocktails over the last week, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I put a major dent in the old supply. <laughs> uh, you know, that bad weather, it's like, yeah, it helps me. Um, I don't know, it just it gives me a little something. I'm, if I go through a horrible night, uh, yeah, have a cocktail. Go through a horrible afternoon, have a cocktail. Never too many, never more than two, um, but sometimes it's just what you need to make it through those rough patches. Anyway, um, yeah, just epic playing music. Dodger got to put that down last night because we we're just going straight downwind, and we still are. Uh, we sailed all day today. Sails are quiet. They're not flonking or flapping. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it looks like we're going to have good wind for i don't know a couple more days so yeah that was wanda for me pressure bottomed out pressure started dropping from 10 24 millibars and bottomed out at i believe 993 or something very close to that which is a heck of a drop in like three days steady it wasn't like super sharp but the last little chunk was every time i clicked on that barometer it was like dunk doink oh no go the other way oh man but uh yeah so that was that was uh being in the eye of the storm and um there was one thing i kept thinking though while i was going through this day after day after day of heavy wind heavy seas super uncomfortable i just thought man when this when i get when i get to the next calm nice 10 knot breeze gentle waves little swell reaching big sails up perfect out sunny it's going to make that 10,000 times better than if those had been the conditions that I had been in all week you know and I think that's for me that's one of the biggest things about sailing uh or that sailing has really taught me about life I guess is that um you know, there's obviously always going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. But it's the bad times that have a tendency to make the good times epic times. <laughs> Put that on my uh, tombstone. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's just a great way to look at when things aren't going your way. And, you know, it just it's it's not good and it's uncomfortable and, and you would prefer to be doing anything else in life that's when you just gotta hunker down get her done because when it does go your way the fact that it didn't for so long is what's gonna make it even better so take that food for thought i got a little squall coming in here gonna try and catch a little more rain and it's almost cocktail hour aboard mighty sparrow uh, I, next, next one, we'll talk about battery issues. I don't want to talk about it too much today. Um, battery and mold, 
Um, I'll give you a quick synopsis. I cleaned up a, there was so much mold on almost every single freaking cabinet, door, mold everywhere. And it was weird. And top tip, if you're looking for mold on a boat, just grab an LED headlamp and go walk around and shine that at things. Because holy cow, you could just see the fuzz. I could see it. I could, where I wouldn't, you know, turn on a regular light, looks fine. Maybe a little dusty. No, that's all mold. So the vinegar and water came out in mass today. Got all that cleaned up. And then, uh, yeah, batteries. Um, I think I said in the beginning, you know, I took the last trip to the grocery, got a little bit more alcohol, a few other little things. Mistake. I should have gone to freaking AutoZone and bought a couple spare 12 volt batteries because um, for whatever reason, uh, batteries aren't uh, holding their charge very well. And I found one battery when I opened them up to check the water levels. Uh, the water inside was brown. So I'm chalking it up to I have a dud in my house bank of four, four batteries. Um, all the other ones look fine. I topped them all up. So they should be good. Um, now I'm finally in a place where it's the sun is is overhead enough and it's bright enough where the solar is really cranking. Before, especially with all the clouds and overcast skies and the storms and stuff, it wasn't working too well. Um, so I was having to run my engine every day for a couple hours or an hour just to charge it. Uh, but I would charge it up and say 13.7 volts and then turn the engine off and it would immediately drop down to 12.6 and uh and that's with no load on it at all so uh, not the best thing ever um not gonna lie now it can very easily okay i don't think it's gonna squall me it can very easily uh power the ais and you know my lights um nav lights and probably the fans fans i only use during the day anyway but uh it's the refrigerator the refrigerator is just the biggest power suck on this boat and um you know i've got i don't know eight dozen eggs in there and i got hams and i've got uh, bacon but that's all once those are gone and tortilla wraps uh once those are gone then that fridge is shut off i mean unless i'm thinking forward and make a little ice for cocktail hour or something fridge is off so <clears throat> so today i do remember that i i almost destroyed my first set of batteries got to the falkland islands uh yada yada if you've read the story basically um had all this food but my batteries were just shot and um trying to keep that fridge going was just a daily battle constant and same thing is going on here where I'm trying to keep all that stuff cold, but I don't, I, I also want the batteries to just be on float charge for as long as humanly possible. So I took the spare solar panel today and sort of rigged it up so that it's off of the side of the boat and put it to its own charge controller, hooked those to the batteries, and uh, we were definitely getting pretty juiced up. But typically to like repair batteries because i i remember learning about you know once batteries sometimes all they need is that constant you know getting that full charge 
every day and they can they can sort of repair themselves um and it happened you know with that first set i almost destroyed them in the southern ocean they couldn't hold a charge worth anything and by the time i got through the tropics they were holding 12.5 through the night so hopefully that's the case um i don't know it, it worries me for sure um but we're going to see. We're going to see. Like I said, it's going to be sunny and nice over the next week or so. So there is I, – I I don't want to get too technical in it, but there's there's this old charge controller thing that I still don't really understand, and I know it's had given me some issues before that's connected to the battery bank. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into it, but – trying to sort the batteries out let's chalk it up to that and if i would have been um remotely intelligent uh before i left i would have coughed up 500 bucks that i definitely probably could have could have sorted that out and uh bought four new house batteries and installed them before i left and then this would be a non-issue because uh, i'm going to be out there for many many months and uh if batteries uh, no worky, um, it's kind of miserable. It really is because uh, you can't use your lights, can't use this, that, and the other thing. So we'll have to sort of see. Um, you know, if worse came to worse, freaking uh, pull into um, Cape Verde's and get four batteries from them. Have somebody bring them out. I'm sure we could arrange something or maybe the Falklands. I don't know. The other thing is, do you really need it? I've got my spare, uh, my goal zero, which I fully charged up today with uh, the help of my little two little side panel jobbies, and uh, that can charge my, it's actually powering the computer right now. So, I don't know, might have to go a little Stone Age. Got the sextant, got all the almanacs, gotta use them. So in any event, Cocktail Hour, thanks for listening. This is the first update, Mighty Sparrow, November 2nd, uh, day 15. Going into day 16 of the uh, trip. I haven't even really dubbed this trip anything. I'm just, um, <clears throat> I think I've just been calling it Dublin Cape Horn. Because uh, that's essentially what we're doing is we're doubling Cape Horn. The trip to the Pacific. So, in any event, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, until next time.